0: Town, Peko Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the, the brown ever since we've been knocking them down. Knockin Baby says you want to go to the game. taught her how to say Padre gang. The Started back rocking the, the brown ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school neck. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, they. And good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 187 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden, here. Coming to you after the San Diego Padres just swept, brought the brooms out, whatever you want to call it. They swept the Arizona Diamondbacks at Petco Park. After getting swept by the Rockies, they then go sweep another team. So that's great to kind of cancel those games out. Now they get to head into this Philadelphia series, this four-game series over the weekend with the favorable pitching matchups, I think. Um, And we'll get into that in a little bit. Padres won four to one on Monday, three to two on Tuesday. Then they just finished off to Arizona a few minutes ago, 10-4 today. This episode is brought to you by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. They're located in Mission Gorge, Point Loma, uh, and of course inside Petco Park during the Padres season. I am sweating right now. I am in my garage. There's a fan on, but it's pretty hot in here. Um I'm sure it was pretty. Hot out there at Peco Park for anyone that went today. It looked hot. Uh the bats, the Padres Bats, I guess is a good transition. The Padres bats were hot uh, in this series against Arizona. Um, especially in this final game of the series. And we could talk about Monday. We'll start with Monday, we'll talk about Tuesday, talk about Wednesday. I think it's best to start off with the Fernando Tati's Jr. news, though, because I think that's the biggest thing out of this series, just to be honest, is the Fernando Tatis Jr. news yesterday that he has started swinging a bat. And it was kind of weird how the news kind of like transpired, if that makes sense. Because yesterday I was in the extra 1360 studios sitting in on John and Jim with John Schaefer, Jim Russell. Uh, they were great. I cannot thank them enough for having me and letting me sit on, in on the show and participate in the show. If you missed it uh, on the YouTube channel... This very YouTube channel has some highlights, like 12 minutes of me, John, and Jim talking. Uh, but you can also listen to their show, I think, sportssd.com. Uh, the second and the third hour were the hours that I had a mic on. I was there the first hour, but I wasn't talking. But anyway, I was there in the studio, and as John and Jim, I think they were doing an interview, and so my mic was off, and I was looking, and I saw, oh, Fernando Tatis Jr., there's pictures and there's videos circulating that uh, Fernando's swinging a bat in the batting cages. And it's kind of like, at first, I'll admit, I was like, eh, I, I don't believe this. Like, you know, the picture wasn't coming from, you know, Kevin Acey or, like, a real reporter. And you just couldn't really tell. You know, to be honest, if I'm being honest, like, I looked at Tatis's face in the picture and it looked like he had, like, a fat face. So I was like, is this really even true? And then I saw that it was Padres Diamondbacks on the TV picture. And then the videos came out. Uh, I think Max Reyes was his name with the video. And then Patrick Daly later said he he has seats down there. He later said on Twitter uh, that he had uh, seen Fernando swinging. He can confirm that or whatever. And so, yeah, it's great news that Fernando Tatis Jr. is swinging a bat. But it was kind of like, really? Why, is, wait, 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 Wait! why is he swinging a bat? That didn't make sense. Like, A.J. Preller literally called a press conference in Chicago at Wrigley Field while he, while he was attending the draft combine at Petco, it was on Zoom, informing the media that Fernando is not going to be swinging a bat because he the progress, they didn't see enough progress in the CT scan, or the doctor didn't at least, and so it's a bummer. But now they're going to go week to week with it. Doesn't know when the next scan is going to be. And so we figured, okay, he's just going to continue running. He's going to continue playing defense. He's just not going to swing a bat. And then all of a sudden, he doesn't have a CT scan. There's no, like, really updates. All of a sudden, there's just pictures and videos out of him swinging a bat. And I'm sure the Padres weren't happy about the video or the picture out there because they probably wanted to have Preller hold a press conference and say, we've done a CT scan, we've made progress, and Fernando's going to start swinging a bat. Based on the press conference in Chicago, I feel like that's exactly what Preller and the Padres would have wanted to have happen. But that didn't happen. Instead, you have Fernando swinging and you have fans taking pictures of it in the Lexus Lounge. And I think... Look, Fernando, I don't think he wanted to be seen, to be honest. And if he didn't want to be seen, the Padres and him, they should have been smarter. Don't swing the bat when you know that there's fans there. I see I saw that there was on Twitter, uh fans were like or some doctor take uh, former Charger doctor or whatever who was like, "I don't know if players know that there's that the fans can see them." Yeah, they do. Their family walks through there, I think. To, to go to their seats, like Manny's family, Hosmer's family. They have seats down there in that Lexus area. So I'm sure they walk through there to get to their seats every night. They know, the players definitely know that the fans can see. Yeah, the players on their side of things, if you've gone on a tour or whatever, I've been down there, I've seen it. It's black. The window's black. You can't see the fans in the Lexus lounge that are watching you. Um. So it's kind of like, not like a zoo, I guess, if that makes sense. So the players can't see the fans, but they know the fans can see them. They literally have family members that can tell them that. So I don't buy that. The Padres, if they wanted to keep it secret, if they wanted to announce it themselves instead of having fans post pictures and videos of it, then they would have had Fernando swing a bat at midnight or whatever. If that's what they wanted to keep it secret, and then they make a CT scan. uh, There's progress. And they come out and say, yeah, Fernando's swinging a bat now, and maybe he's ahead of schedule, at least more ahead of schedule than the media would have thought because he was swinging a bat earlier than the CT scan. That Maybe that would have been a positive PR play for the Padres. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that was kind of weird yesterday when I was during the John and Jim show, I was in their studio, we were kind of confused. Like what is going on here? This doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he hadn't had a CT scan yet. That's why for, you know, anyone, um, uh, like I saw people were getting at Steven Woods. who has been on the show before, uh, obviously a Ben woods, 97, three, the fan, I'm actually wearing the tier one t-shirt right now. Anyway, people were getting at him, like calling him a hack and all that. It's like he, he was probably having the same logic. Like, Good scoop. Whoever got it, cool. Good for you. Um, and it's it should come as amazing news, right? I'm kind of, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I'm kind of disappointed that the Padres didn't let the public know that Fernando was going to be swinging and they were trying to hide it because they were trying to hide it or else they would have held a press conference before Fernando started swinging. But they tried to hide it And that didn't work out. So I'm kind of glad that it didn't work out because now we know that Fernando's swinging and we could be happy about that. And that's what I do kind of want to focus on. I know I just spent a lot of time with uh, how the swinging came about and how we knew about it. But this is amazing news that Fernando is swinging. He's taking, I think, 40% swings right now. That's what he told the media before today's series finale against the Diamondbacks. And from what I saw from the videos, they were... Dry swings. They were a couple swings, I think, off the tee. I'd say it was more than forty percent, but Fernando's probably just trying to downplay it a little bit. He looked good. He was still, you know, swing. they were full swings. By the way, they were full swings. Maybe not a hundred percent swings. They weren't a hundred percent swings. I'll tell you that, but they were full swings. I'll say that. I'll make that clear. Um, but it's good news because now you can start the process. We know the process has already started. Of him taking those swings. And now he can progress to T work consistently, front flips, batting practice in the cage, live BP, and then a rehab assignment. And hopefully he can be back. So let's say, so he's already started swinging, started swinging yesterday. He's probably started swinging a week ago, if we're being honest, and just didn't tell anyone. Um, but even if we're just counting from yesterday, that's three weeks. So one, two, so. The three weeks would be up July 12th, and the All-Star game, I think, is, is it the 18th or the 19th, somewhere around there. So I think you could definitely see them come back right after the All-Star break if things go well, and this three-week timeline that I've heard from guys like Kevin Acey and other reporters, that timeline kind of syncs up to right after the All-Star break. So it's encouraging news. And I wanted to start off with that because, obviously, that was the big, big Story coming out of this series really uh, because Fernando's their best player, and then Manny Machado obviously was it was that Monday that felt like a long time ago. Where yeah, it was Monday because he got hurt Sunday. Where Manny was spotted well spotted he intentionally did this. Um, he he obviously had intent with this. He was walking in the clubhouse past reporters without a limp walking completely fine getting his shower shoes going to the shower and saying I can't talk. He did that on purpose. The Padres didn't put him on the IL, which is a great sign. I think he could return sometime this weekend if I'm being honest. And maybe he is doing some secret hitting or something that fans can't see and that the Padres aren't going to be telling the media. You know? Because the Padres obviously weren't trying to be up front with Fernando, right? So, maybe there maybe he's doing that. We, we just don't know with Manny. Like for for most of us right we would be done for weeks and weeks and weeks if we sprained our ankle right we would be whining and complaining about it but man superhuman right and you know I'll mention it again when I was uh, on John and Jim and yesterday in studio and during the break we were kind of joking like there was 88 year olds or whatever on the text line talking about how oh they they're 88 and they had a Sprained ankle or whatever, and they were like out for weeks or something. I think that's what one of them said. It's like, okay, 88 year old is different from Manny Machado in his prime. Like his ankle is probably stronger than every one of our ankles, you know? In fact, it is. So this guy's a superhuman. I'm not going to rule out that he returns sometime this weekend, if I'm being honest, because he didn't go on the AIL. He was walking fine the last time we saw. And you know he's working his butt off to get back. So I can't doubt the guy. If you put him on the IL, and I'm, tur- and I'm not saying I'm expecting him to be back this weekend. I would not be surprised if he was back this weekend. if that means. Because it's Manny Machado. Uh, so it was great news on both fronts. Starting with Manny and Tatis. Tatis swinging a bat. That was kind of irked the Padres didn't tell us. And we had to find out through a video um, from a fan. But he's swinging a bat. That's positive. And then Manny walking, not going on the I.L., meaning that he thinks he can return within these next 10 days. And within these next 10 days is this Philly series this weekend. That would be in within these next 10 days. I would not rule it out. Just saying. I'm, I'm not saying I expect it, but I would not rule it out. That's going to be in the back of my mind. All right, we can get to this series. Padres on Monday, they won four to one improving to 42 and 27. New Darvish pitched amazing. Seven innings, one earned run, four hits. Walked two, struck out five on 104 pitches. He had a rough first inning. Really rough first inning, kind of like Clev uh, earlier today. Just rough. Uh, Darvish was hitting batters. Um, He hit one guy in that first inning, two walks, gave up a hit. But then he finished with six scoreless innings, and that's what ended up mattering. Retired 14 of his last 16 batters, uh, and he got some offense from the Padres. Bottom of the first, Crony hit his seventh home run of the year to right field. That tied it 1-1. In the bottom of the second, Kim had a, what was, oh, no, no, that was yesterday. My bad. Kim had the RBI double, or single, two RBI single up the middle after Abrams had a sacrifice ground out uh, to move the runners into scoring position. That made it 3-1 Padres. In the bottom of the fifth, Trent Grisham had a solo home run to center. It was good to see him kind of get going. Offensively, this series, yeah, did he make a really bad mistake yesterday that cost the Padres some bullpen? Uh, yeah, he did. But you know who cares? Because the Padres ended up sweeping, right? And you had Adrian Morehone come in today. You had Nick Martinez come in and be able to finish it today. So it's it wasn't that big of a deal at the end of the day, you know. Um, but when we talk about Monday's game, I mean. Obviously, the big positive was seeing you, Darvish, bounce back after that first inning. Like, there's been starts this year where he has not been like really, really solid in that first inning, but he's bounced back. That Cubs start, he was solid pretty much the whole way through. Um, But there's been other start. Was it the Philly start? I want to say it was a Philly start where he wasn't solid at the beginning, but then finished. Or no, no, no. He was solid at the beginning. It was the end that he. So it's kind of been both ways. At the beginning. And at the end, where he hasn't totally been you know amazing uh, but he's grinded through it, and I think he should be an all star right now to be honest so Padre's won four to one on monday forty two and twenty seven was their record Grisham with the home run, crony with the home run huge huge Drake with Fran right here um hopefully I can get a picture with him on Sunday because I'm going to the photo day uh my mom made a crohn' Zone t-shirt for me, so maybe we can get that done hopefully we'll see. Um, on Tuesday yesterday, the Padres won three to two. This was a really, really like roller coaster game. I mean, Zach Gallon pitched amazing eleven strikeouts through like five innings, and the Padres, obviously the defense didn't help out Shamaniah last night. He probably shouldn't have even allowed any runs. He gave up two runs, and Trent Grisham didn't help him there. That's why he gave up the two runs is he went and dove for a ball he shouldn't have dove for. It was like four feet in front of him, and he tried to dive for it, went to the wall, and two runs inside the park home run scored. And that was the only two runs the Diamondbacks scored. And because of that error by Grisham, it wasn't an error. It was an error, but it wasn't an error officially in, in you know, the scorebook. Because of that error, Manaya had to pitch in a really – Really close tie game at times, right? And they had to use the bullpen Steven Wilson, Tim Hill, Nabil Chris Matt. They had to use all those guys, probably more than they wanted to. They used Taylor Rodgers as well, I think, right? Uh, they had to use all those guys when they probably shouldn't have needed to if Grisham would have just not tried to die for it and keep it in front of him. Um, but yeah, Gallon was amazing in this game 11 strikeouts through five. Talked about those two runs Arizona scored. San Diego's first run, by the way, also came on an error. I think they ruled it a double, but there's no way that was a double on the Kim liner to left. There is no way that's a double. Uh, He lined it to left. Gilder just totally clanked it off. It just clanked off his glove. And Abrams scored. That made it 2-1. Hosmer hit a home run in the sixth, tied it at 2. Now, for all those people on Twitter that want to say, give props to Hosmer and all that, it's like, totally. I'm going to give props to Hosmer right now. Props to Eric Hosmer, Mr. Eric Hosmer, for making an adjustment, kind of last night and capitalizing on Gallant's mistake. Like, I saw people in my replies on Twitter yesterday when I posted the Hosmer home run and they were like sending a link back to the two strikeouts that I tweeted out of him. And it's like, though, you can't compare the two strikeouts with the home run. Like, they're saying, they were trying to say, oh, Ben, well, Hosmer adjusted here. He kind of adjusted, but look at the two pitch locations. The strikeouts were balls in the dirt, and that's the scouting report on Hosmer this year. Throw the ball in the dirt, and he's going to swing at it. He's going to stick his butt out and try to go down and swing at it. You know, maybe you're not visualizing that, but that's what happens. Just go look it up. The Gallon home run, or the home run that he hit off Gallon. that ball was not in the dirt it wasn't in it wasn't in the strike zone, so yeah, props to him going down and getting it, but it was not in the dirt. Gallon kind of missed a spot on that pitch, so he capitalized on gallon not getting it down enough if that makes sense now that that, that kind of you know sounds like me saying, Oh Ben it feels right, you're probably listening to this, and you're like, Ben, you're trying to make a negative out of a positive, right? A positive Hosmer homer, and you're trying to make it a negative. I'm just trying to tell you what I was seeing. Like, Gallon did not execute the pitch to Hosmer. When Hosmer hits a home run, props. I just said props to him like three times. Congratulations, Eric. But it was like his first home run since May. He's not producing. He is a hole in the lineup most of the time. He has grounded out to second base a ton. Feels like that's what he's doing almost every at-bat now. And when he hits a home run, sure, I'm a Padres fan, right? I'm a Padres fan. If the Padres win, that's all I care about, right? I'm not here to only try to hate on Hosmer. Like, I think Grisham needs to step up offensively. I think he's doing it recently, right? Um, Who else? I think Nola needs to step up offensively. I think he had some good at-bats today. There are other guys like I'm not just trying to pick only on Hosmer and LTAS 760 here in the comments says positive vibes. Go Padres. Yeah, positive vibes. They swept the Diamondbacks. It is huge that they swept the Diamondbacks after being swept by the Rockies to make up those three games because it was embarrassing that they got swept by a last place Rockies team, you know, and they got owned by Charlie Blackman and CJ Crone. Like it feels like they always do. So, yeah, props. I'm I'm very happy with this team, right? And with the news that Fernando's swinging a bat, and the news that Manny wasn't limping on Monday, 36 hours after looked like shattering his ankle, right? At least on the highlights. So there's a lot to be happy about. Let's effing go, San Diego. I mean, we'll talk about that. Corey Alfaro's walk-off home run, you know. But at the same time, like Hosmer, you gotta just admit, for those Hosmer defenders, he has not been great since you know the beginning of may just look at the numbers look at the numbers uh and the padres on tuesday they did have plenty of opportunities uh with runners in scoring position in the seventh kim struck out no outs by the way runners in scoring position no outs kim struck out grisham struck out profar popped out uh in the 10th kim was thrown out on a grisham bunt grisham yeah he's been pretty good with bunts but he hit one one hopper right to the pitcher And he's a lefty, so he was able to just grab it and throw it. He didn't have to grab it, spin, and then throw it. So that didn't work out. Kim was thrown out, and they didn't get a run there. Uh, Nola struck out with two outs looking on a pitch he should have swung at. It was right down the middle, pretty much. But yeah, I do want to keep it positive, but I do also want to point out stuff, because I I write notes during the games, and it's not like write negative notes. No. I write things that I see, and despite that the Padres won, that's what I saw. Was they didn't come through late there with runners in scoring position. Jorge Alfaro did, and this is where the positive vibes here really start. Jorge Alfaro, he is definitely a starting catcher. He was DHing today instead of Hosmer or someone else. I, I love that they had void at first. They had Nola DHing and no uh, excuse or not Nola uh, the Alfaro DHing, and they had Alfaro. Uh, Alfaro hit a home run. Hitting cleanup, I absolutely loved it. And I'm trying to find Don Orsillo's home run call. Or Yeah, no, not the home run call. The walk-off call from last night, which was amazing, by the way. All right, here it is. So runners on first and second, one out, bottom of the 11th last night. Jorge Alfaro in a 2-1 count is up at the plate. Here is the legendary Don Orsillo on the call, Bally Sports San Diego. Alfaro grounds it into left field. It's far coming around. The throw. It's late. Padres win. Jorge Alfaro walks it off with a base hit to left. And at 11, the Padres win it 3-2. to two. So, what an amazing call. I mean, Jesse had a good call as well. I was listening to that to the radio this morning. And Jorge Alfaro, man, just coming through. I had a stat out today that he has an OPS over 1,000 in June. Nola's OPS is like 700. It's clear, a little over 700 to be fair. It's clear that Alfaro, I think, should be the starting catcher easily. Um, He's just showed it. The numbers have showed it. And I can look up in June. Hang on. I did just have the tweet, but I tweet out a bunch of highlights during the game, so I'd be scrolling for a while. So let me go to his game logs here and pull up that stat that I was that I tweeted out this morning. Corey Alfaro so far in June. They they have not counted today's game. So in June entering today's game, he's hitting three thirty three with a one thousand thirty two OPS, a six forty four slugging percentage. That's starting catcher material right there. And he's been good, I think, pretty good defensively. It's not like he's been Francisco Mejia or Luis Camposano defensively, right? He's not Austin Hedges, but we want an offensive catcher. That's what the catching position is right now, right? So he definitely deserves to be the starting catcher. And don't worry, don't worry. I am not going to forget this. I'm not going to forget it. No, hold on. The Diamondbacks just sent out their final score tweet. I got a reply to that. Should I do sweep or should I do... I'm going to do Cronenworth. You just lost to Jake Cronenworth. There we go. You know what? I'll do multiple. I'll do multiple. I'll send him... The Let's F and Go Alfaro shirt that my mom made me. Because he homered today, so that fits good. Perfect. Yeah, did anyone see this? The shirt? Let's F and Go San Diego. Because that's what Jorge Alfaro did. That's what he said to Bob Scanlon after hitting the walk-off home run last night. I just played that audio from Don Orsillo. And now let me play the audio of the Alfaro F-bomb here. This was amazing. Like, the whole interview with Bob Scanlon, he was totally calm, and he was like, I love it, can't describe the feeling, that's amazing, love San Diego, all that, yada, yada, yada. And then Scanlon was like, one more time, he, like, finished off the question one more time, like, what does it feel like to win this game? Or He said something like that. The, The crowd, and Alfaro ended it like this with Bob Scanlon laughing. It's fucking going San Diego. It's fucking go, San Diego. It's fucking go, San Diego. I have this on replay. It's just on a loop. Because on Twitter, you know, the video just plays. It's going to keep playing. It's fucking going San Diego. It's fucking going San Diego. So my mom automatically made a shirt last night, and I posted that last night. And then I saw you know a bunch of the other shirt companies making shirts and it's like my mom had it first, so shout out to her. Um, all right, that was an amazing night. Three to two, Padres win. That was, was that Alfaro's second walk off this year, at least second because he hit the walk off three run home run on Mother's Day into the bullpen. But yeah, he's the starting catcher. Not a whole lot else to say about that. It's clear he's the starting catcher. But an amazing game. Uh, and what I loved about it, you know, Sean Maniah, he pitched great. He should have gone six innings, no runs, four hits, three walks, six strikeouts. What I loved about it, not just Maniah Minaya was great, but the fact that they were able to win this game when Zach Gallen pitched like the game of the year for him. Career high in strikeouts, I think, with 11 strikeouts, and they still were able to win that game despite, like I mentioned, Gallen pitching well, despite Trent Grisham's error and Cronor's bad throw, to put on top of that error on that inside the inside-the-park home run, right? They were up the win all despite that. So they're tr- they're finding ways to win, and it's amazing. It is a, an amazing feeling uh, so far this season. Um, just trying to see if there's anything else to get to in this game. I already talked about the Tati stuff right off the bat. That was before the game where the video came out of Tati sitting in the cage. And then before today's game, he spoke to the media and he's doing like 40% swings and he's doing 40% swings, but he's not cleared by the doctor yet. He even admitted he's not cleared by the doctor yet. I thought the whole point of looking, of, you know, checking in with the doctor and getting scans was so that he could be cleared to go swing. But now the Padres are just allowing him to not go see the doctor and go swing. What are the points of the CT scans then, you know? It's kind of weird to measure progress. I understand that, but I thought the CT scans were supposed to like be the last hurdle for him to be able to go swing. Like once you pass that, once the doctor allows you to go swing, then you can go swing, but the doctor has not cleared him to go swing. So the report that Kevin AC put out yesterday about him mimicking swings, how do you mimic a swing by swinging the bat? Like he's swinging, you know? Uh, but yeah, that was Tuesday night. Padres improved to 43-27. and 27. They would get their 44th win of the year earlier today. Mike Clevenger started the game. It was a little rough. Nick Martinez pitched in this game. I think Morehone pitched in this game. Stammen did not make an appearance, which not that big of uh, a big deal. I'm not going to. Stammen should have pitched on you. I'm not going to say that. Uh, but on Wednesday, Padres won 10-4 to 4 earlier today. Clev. 29 pitches in that first inning, but he got out of it with the bases in that. Or excuse me, he got out of the bases loaded jam. Sorry if I can talk, uh, you would understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, in the bottom of the first, you know, the Padres saw that Clev worked through it, and they capitalized on Madbum. Madbum, he hit like 2,000 strikeouts today or something, and the Diamondbacks were like, "Congratulations on hitting 2,000 strikeouts." I'm going to look that up real quick too. They were like, congratulations, Mad Bum, on hitting 2,000 strikeouts. And it's like, yeah, congratulations on giving up six runs in your first two innings. Yeah. So this was their tweet. They said, congratulations, Madison, on an historic milestone. I'm reading that word for word. Congratulations, Madison, on an historic milestone. Is that proper grammar? So, their social media team's a non contending team, either, I guess. Holy cow. And they didn't even correct the mistake. <laughs> so, and then people in the comments, congrats on getting owned by your daddies. And then what happened? Worst D back signing ever. Washed. Padre's own Madison Bumgarner still lost. What is his ERA today? He got cooked. Congrats on six earned runs and four innings. Ultra Maga Phil says, it wasn't four innings, it was two innings. That's the thing. It was six runs and two innings. And he probably wanted to punch the heck out of the, uh, what was his name? Josh Rojas, the third baseman who made the error. Because there were two outs in the first inning. There was the air on the grounder to Josh Rojas. And then four runs. Four Padres runs ended up scoring later in the inning. And so, yeah, he probably wanted to punch the heck out of that guy. Um, and the Padres capitalized. They scored six runs in those first two innings. I think four runs in the first inning. Nola, Grisham, Azokar, Voigt had RBI singles. Uh, Alfaro had that fielder's choice. Tons of meatballs is what I you know, took away from Mad Bum's start, especially early on. Tons and tons of freaking meatballs that he was throwing. Breaking balls that were left up down the middle of the plate. I mean, holy cow. Uh, And it was great to see. I am not a fan of Mad Bum at all. I hate that guy. I hate Max Muncie. That's another guy. Who else? Bellinger's a pretty punchable face. I'm talking about players. I mean, Angel Hernandez. Jeez, Louise. Um... Who's that other umpire that I had that breakdown earlier this year, the lip reading uh, that was trying to get in a fight with Manny. I'm blanking on his name. Ron Culpa, that guy, that, that guy. Oh my goodness. Mr. Give me attention. I'm the center of attention. Fans come to see me. And then that other freak, that other umpire that was like rubbing Mad Bum's hands, I forget his name, and it was staring right into his eyes, rubbing them and waiting for Mad Bum to give a reaction in Miami. I forget his name, but that guy's a weirdo too. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, Kwan says there's a lot in the NBA and the NFL. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've definitely experienced some of those. I worked for an NBA team in New York in the locker room. Yeah, there's a bunch of those guys. Um What else in this game? I mean, Profar was amazing, four hits. He reached base on that fifth uh for the fifth time he reached base in his last at bat before he got pulled. Caleb Smith hit him. Was there intent there? I don't know if I really want to go there. It was his first hit batter the entire season. Mud totally thought there was intent. If you were listening, I post if you weren't, I or if you were, I posted the video on the Talking Friars Twitter at Talking Friars. Um of mud and how mad he was after Caleb Smith hit Profar in a ten to three game, by the way. But before that, I want to give props to Hori Alfaro. He hit a home run today, after having the walk off yesterday, proving yet again he deserves to be in the lineup every day. He does, he's definitely the starting catcher. There's no doubt about that. That made it nine to two. Here is the great Don Orsillo, Valley Sports San Diego, on the call for this home run. It's really quick. Not the full call, but just the home run call. Hold on. Hold on. Three, two, one, go. High drive. Deep left field. How far will it go? Alfaro off the top tank. So that was Don Ursillo. Crushed the ball. And he said, and Don said during the call, he was like, let's go San Diego. He he wanted, you know, obviously yesterday there was the F-bomb in there with Alfaro, but think he would have gotten in trouble with that with uh, the Valley Sports San Diego people and the Padres people if he would have said that on the air. But maybe there's a pay-per-view version when Don retires or something where he'll just... Him and Mud will say whatever the heck they want. Maybe. I'd probably sign up for that. Um, but yeah, Alfaro had the home run, made it 9-2. to That ball was smashed in the upper uh, basket of the Western Metal building. Four errors by the Padres' defense. I'll get the Profar... Profar getting hit real quick. Uh, I'll get to that in a sec. Um four errors by the Padres defense. That was the one kind of negative thing out of today of the game. Really sloppy. Like Nick Martinez in the last inning. It, it's a seven-run game. There's a grounder to you just take it to first base, flip it to first, and instead he throws it to second base, tries like doing this like manny throw to second base and try to be an infielder on-the-run throw and throws it into center field, that score to run is just like some bonehead move, you know? It's kind of like you're winning the game. It's probably hot as heck out there. Don't you want to just get over with it? But he was trying to be cute there. Um, Grisham not communicating with Profar earlier in the game. Communicate, guys. Come on, let's go. That didn't make a whole lot of sense. So hopefully they'll clean that up. Very uncharacteristic. And because it's uncharacteristic of them, I'm not going to complain about it, but it was definitely something worthy to point out. Four errors in a game, first time since like 2017 that that has happened. I'm kind of surprised, by the way, because uh Potters have had some pretty trash teams since 2017. I mean, they had Francisco Mejia catching some games. Hosmer, obviously, at first base. Hedley's been at third base. What was that, 2018 or something? Well, wasn't too pretty. Uh, so, kind of surprised it's been since 2017. And I wouldn't have thought that it would be this team, a Bob Melvin team, who started off the season with like 17 games in a row without an error this year to be the one that has four errors in a game the first time since 2017. But, hey, I'll take the win. I'll take the sweep if that means that we have to have four errors in a game. Um, Padres starting pitching in this series, that's another thing that stood out to me. 17 innings, Darvish, Mania, and uh Clev. Four earned runs over those 17 innings. Struck out 14 guys. So four, 10, excuse me, 10 more strikeouts than runs allowed. I'll take that. And they definitely did good enough uh, against an Arizona Diamondbacks team. That is not a good team. They need to, they, excuse me, they needed to pitch really well. Oh, I just saw this quote. Profar said on bow mill. Missing 11 games while in COVID. He was very pissed about it. He was mad, but that's the protocol. We're glad. That's the tweet. The tweet cut off. We're glad that he's back, as I assume is what he's saying. We're glad and happy to have him back. Yeah. He was very pissed about it. (laughs) Profar is going to say what he wants. Speaking of Profar, Caleb Smith hit him. This video already has like 4,000 views on Twitter. Oh, no, no, no. That's the wrong video. My bad. That was kind of funny, though. Uh, the video I'm referring to is when Mudd earlier today on the broadcast was ordering a Padres fan around. The po- it, He was like in his balcony across from Petco in the outfield watching the game, had his Padre flag, and Mudd was directing this. They had the video, the camera on the fan, and he was directing him like how to put the flag, like put it up or put it right, left, down, up, down, and the guy didn't catch on at first but then he did and so that video' up if you want to check that out mud was ordering him around and that was that was hilarious it's got over 400 likes already um, fan, fans probably people that were all at work but yeah that was funny uh, the video I wanted to get to let me try to find it here and of course my Wi-Fi doesn't want to work Here we go. So, it is, what is it? The It was a 10-3 game in the seventh inning, and Profar was hit. His fifth time that he reached base, and Caleb Smith, his first guy that he was hit all year, so he's really consistent in the zone. It was a 3-0 pitch, and he hits him. When it's 3-0, I tend to believe, why would you hit a guy on a 3-0 count? Especially, yeah, it's three zero 3-0 count. What, what did Profar do to you? Um, but that's what happened. And oh, maybe I played the audio a little too soon there. That's what happened and Mud wasn't happy. Here is Mud on the broadcast. Look out and he gets hit. Oh really? Yep. Really, dude? He did. If you don't want to give up four hits, dude, pitch better. <laughs> oh man, he's funny. You didn't want to give up four hits, pitch better. That's what I want to say to any Padre reliever or if Craig Stammen struggles or if a Padre starter struggles. Well, maybe that's kind of, maybe that's a little disrespectful to a Padre starter because of how well the rotations pitched this year. So scratch that. I'll say that to any opposing starter this year when they give up four hits. Hey, if you want to, if you didn't want to give up four hits, pitch better. That was funny. But yeah, Mudd was like genuinely pissed off. Genuinely. I love to see that out of him, to be honest. I love to see that energy out of him. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. I was just watching the game, you know, just chilling out, and all of a it hits Profar. And all of a sudden, you you see her mud go off. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. All right. Good for you, Mark. Good for you, mud. All right. Props to him. Yeah, Kwan says here, wasting Cattell's talent to the Diamondbacks. Yeah, not not related really to the Profar mud thing, but yeah. I thought that was funny. Anyway, the Padres swept this series. They combined for 17 innings in the starting rotation, four earned runs, 14 strikeouts. I already said that already, but wanted to give more props to the rotation. Clev, I thought he pitched okay today. He, not a whole lot of swings and misses, but he He was able. He, he pulled his best Nick Martinez impression, right? He got out of the jams, and that's really all that matters. He's building up 81 pitches today. I thought he was going to go less than that, like 70, 75, but six pitches is nothing. Um, So I'm happy. Positive vibes only. Yes, sir. Moving on to the Phillies series. The Phillies are 36 and 34. They're trying to turn it around. They've kind of been turning it around since Joe Girardi was fired. Uh, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the Padres are hosting the Phillies before going back on the road. Thursday, Crony Bobblehead. bobblehead. What's bobblehead? Bobblehead Day. Um, Friday, are they giving a giveaway Friday? I don't know. The Nola brothers reunite. Austin is going to be facing Aaron Nola. And Saturday is an All-Star shirt giveaway, I think. Sunday is the season ticket photo day. I'll be at that. That'll be fun. But, Yeah. Musgrove's throwing Thursday. Gore throwing Friday. Snail throwing Saturday. Darvish throwing Sunday. Phillies have Ranger Suarez tomorrow on Thursday against Musgrove. Friday is NOAA, like I mentioned. Saturday, Sunday, starters have not been determined according to MLB, the MLB app that I was looking at before I came on here. This is definitely a series that I think you could take three out of four. Will I be like really disappointed if they split the four game series? I guess it depends how they do it. Like, if Snell doesn't pitch well, I don't know how disappointed I can be. I'll probably come on here and be pissed off about it because you're still paying the guy a lot of money. He's a former Cy Young winner. Like, I want to pull that out of him. But I'm expecting a win on Thursday, a win on Sunday, and I think they can win on Friday with Mackenzie Gore back on the mound, right? You know? Um, I'm confident that Mackenzie Gore can step up and get back to seven innings, one run run, or the six innings, three runs, even like that. Just a quality start. I think he can get back to that. Um, so that's what I'm expecting out of Gore. Saturday, you don't know. But then at the same time, you know, if you're glass half empty and you're thinking that they're going to split the four-game series, you could say, okay, they'll win Friday, Sunday, but then Gore has sucked the last two starts. So they're not going to win that game. Snell, I don't trust him, so they're not going to win Saturday. But I'm trying to be positive vibes, so I think they'll take three out of four. They'll probably lose one of those two games in the middle. I don't want to say that they're going to lose both, though. So I'll say three out of four. Um, Let me know in the comments any other questions or thoughts that you have going on in Padre land and your thoughts. uh, What do you think is going to happen in this Philadelphia series? I can't wait to see Joe Musgrove back on the mound tomorrow on Thursday. Coming back from COVID, he didn't even miss a start. I thought he was going to miss one start, and the maximum two starts. It turns out he didn't even miss any starts. He is going to. He was supposed to start today, but then Clev was geared up to start today after Musgrove went on the uh, the COVID IL. So they're essentially just pushing him back one day. So he's not stick, skipping a start. He's just getting an extra day of rest, so, which. Might end up um, benefiting the Padres. He he might be able to go like eight innings tomorrow night. Who knows? Now I say that, and Musgrove's going to end up going five. Right? That's baseball. DM 2020 says, any Tatis news? I talked about that at the beginning. Uh, So you can go back on replay on this YouTube channel. Again, anyone listening or watching here live, I hope you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Daily Padres content. Um, You can go on the podcast and listen to that. The Tatis news is he is swinging a bat at like 40%. That's what he said before the game today. And he was caught swinging a bat by a fan yesterday before the game. That's the news. And it's positive because we didn't know when Tatis was going to swing a bat. I thought it was going to be probably a week from now after the next scan. I thought the next scan would go well and then he'd be able to swing a bat because they saw that progress was going to be happening on the, or they saw that progress happened on the scan before that. But doesn't seem like the Padres really care about the scans. They're just having him swing and not telling us until a fan tweets it out. So whatever. Long ball prod, you are spamming me with Fun fact: Padres scored a run on every D-backs pitcher today. I'll allow that spam because that's a good one. Um, they scored six runs on Madison Bumgarner. Want to repeat that? Because I hate that guy. Just look at me, look at me. When a guy wants to se- celebrate a home run, at a just tank that he hit off you, run around the bases. Yeah, okay. Guess you can't celebrate any strikeouts you have. Love staring down hitters as well. But they can't celebrate. All right. I can't. I hate that guy. Imagine if he was a Padre dude. That would be that would be weird. That would be hard to like. I wouldn't be able to go all in on him. Like Musgrove, I'm all in on him. Extend Gro Musve, if you get it. Again, if you're not on Twitter, you probably don't get it. Um, extend Joe Musgrove. I am all in on that camp, obviously. Anyone that knows me, all in on that camp. I actually have the Musgrove towel giveaway right over there. You can't see it. But, uh, yeah, extend Joe Musgrove. I'll be wearing that shirt tomorrow to the game. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Mad Bump. I'd, I'd never be, like, fully in on Mad Bump like I am with Joe Musgrove and like I am with, like, Cronenworth and Manny, obviously. And Tatis, yeah, he's bothered me sometimes with some of the stuff that he's done, but he's our guy. You gotta be all in on him. I I love Tatis, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't think I'd be able to get myself to fully love Madison freaking Bum He pitched like a bum today. Uh Carpe DM 2020. What if Toddy was going that on his own without the team knowing? I don't think he can hit in the cage without the team like how does he hit in the cage without the team knowing? It's not like he's in there at midnight and the Clubhouse guys are the only ones there. It's He was doing it with fans in the Lexus suite watching him. I don't even, maybe there was a coach there. Ryan Christensen said after the game, he, he figured that he knew what was going on. Or it's, he didn't figure. It's, it seemed like, based on his comments, that he knew what was going on. Like he was asked the question and he said, yeah, he's just taking a couple swings to see where he's at. Like to test. So he knew what was going on. I don't think he went rogue. Like, it's hard to. Be, there's two batting cages. You're right before a game. Players are going to be coming in and out. Like, that's what they do to get ready for the game. Guys hit at different times. They usually take batting practice on the field. Then they come back in, rest, do whatever, and then um, get dressed. And then they, at least I think, then they take cage BP under the stadium, then they go out, stretch, throw on the field, and yeah, that's what they do. So players saw it. I'm sure they did. I don't know how he could have done that right before the game without anyone knowing. Fans definitely knew. You can't convince me that the Padres didn't know either. They were trying to hide it, and it failed. And I'm happy that it failed, to be honest, because now we know that Fernando's swinging. Which is a, a good thing. Again, positive vibes. It's a good thing. All right. Anything else to talk about? I mean, we talked about the Philly series. By the way, I did have an interview this week with MLB.com's Jim Callis, which is out on this YouTube channel, Talking Friars, and on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, where we talked about the Padres draft plans, the MLB Combine, I was there, Jim Callis was there, MLB Network was there, Um, talked about that, talked about the Padres possibly being interested in Kumar Rocker and what that situation's like, remember he used to pitch at Vanderbilt, he might be a top prospect guy, um, or one of the top pitchers off the board, if he's healthy, so we talked about him, talked about the Padres bringing up C.J. Abrams, and if the Padres were actually like wanting C.J. Abrams to be up, or if they wanted him to have more at-bats at the minor league level. And what else we hit on? Estre Ruiz we talked about as well. When a realistic time frame is for him to come up. So that is available. I think that's episode 186 with Jim Callis. That was yesterday. That is out. Uh, so check that out. If you did not see it or you're new to this channel, on the YouTube channel, this very YouTube channel, Um, I talked to Jake Peavy. I talked to David Justice, Greg Amsinger, uh, during the Combine last Friday and asked them some questions. So that's available if you want to check that out. In the comments here, just looking, anything else. Quan says, if Mazzaro keeps playing well and Abrams does well, do you see them benching Hosmer and moving Cronenworth to first and having Abrams play second? You mean if, when Tatis comes back? Because if Manny's hurt right now, or if Manny... So when Manny comes back, let's say if like Manny comes back and you move Kim to short, Abrams to second, because Kim is at third right now, Cronworth the first, and you say bench Hosmer and avoid DH. I think they're... Yeah, they definitely consider that. I was on the radio with John and Jim yesterday, and I was like, yeah, they shouldn't uh, they shouldn't be starting Hosmer. Voight should be the starting first baseman. He did it with the Yankees. He's played first base. It's not like he's a full-time DH. He wasn't the full-time DH, to my knowledge, with the Yankees. That was Giancarlo Stanton most of the time. Put him out there at first base. He's not terrible there. Can't be more terrible than Hosmer, if we're being honest, right? So, yeah. And Mazzara, And I don't I don't know why you mentioned if Mazar keeps playing well, because Mazar is the right fielder. He has nothing to do with the infield. But yeah, I think Manny at third when he comes back, Kim at short, Abrams at second, Cronenworth at first. Definitely. Definitely could see that. John says last year's Padres got ninety-eight and sixty-four in nineteen ninety-eight. Um with Bruce Boche, I hope the Padres get 98 over 100 wins in 2023 next year. So you're saying, is that a question? Do you think that the Padres, are you asking me if you, I think the Padres can get over 100 wins next year? I mean, that's a question I can't answer because we have AJ Preller as our general manager who makes a ton of moves. And his the team is never like identical from last year's team. Like the Yankees, they're a team that stands out to me that don't make a ton of moves, right? The Padres, I mean, Manaya, Rogers, Alfaro, Voit, Mazzara, Abrams being called up, Gore, um, Suarez, Garcia. I mean, just a lot of different names, and then obviously the new coaching staff. Like it's it's not the same every year, so that's like impossible to say because. We don't even have Joe Musgrove locked up yet, right? It starts with that. Extend Joe Musgrove. I'll say it again. Continue to say it. Carpe DM 2020 says, do we still go after a big bat even if Profar Mazar and Azokar keep hitting? I don't trust that Azokar would continue hitting the whole year. I think that Preller is going to continue looking, but I don't think he's going to feel pressure to go out and get a big bat, to be honest with you. Because he knows that Manny and Tatis are coming back. And those are they've been winning without Tatis the whole year. They've been winning without Manny for these first couple games. When they come back, you insert your two best offensive players. Cronenworth, I, I'm confident in him. Profar, I'm confident in him in the leadoff spot, to be honest. That's a good top of the order. And then Alfaro, I like what I'm seeing out of him if they start him consistently. I, to be honest, and with the pitching, don't have to score a ton of runs, hopefully. if They can stay healthy. I don't know if Preller's going to feel a ton of pressure to go out and get a big bat. If, especially if you, you know, you're presenting the question saying that Profar and Mazar keep hitting, I definitely don't see him having pressure to go out and get a big bat. Remember, you have Brent Rucker in the minor leagues as another option. And Myers may be coming off the aisle at some point, right? So no, my answer would be no to that. All right, I think that's it. This has been episode 187 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Let's F and go, San Diego. That was the title brought to you by Gagler and Bros. Famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. I am Ben Fadden, your host. I'll be at Petco Park Friday, uh, excuse me, Friday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Getting my days mixed up. Hope you guys enjoy your Wednesday night. No Padres baseball on, uh, but you can go watch the highlights or whatever, whatever you want. You got pretty much a Padre night off. And you know that they just swept the Diamondbacks. So everything is good. Positive vibes. And Corey Alfaro is a San Diego legend. All right. See everybody. Enjoy your night.